Blog Talk Radio. Curry 
Hey, man, it's the NBA Finals preview. We got it hot and heavy. A lot of stuff in the news. We're going to be talking heavily about the finals, but if there's any other thing you want to talk about, uh, I mean, like I said, a lot of stuff outside of the finals in the news. Um, Serena Williams is in the news. Uh, Big, big victory yesterday. Uh, Cam Newton just got paid. I mean, they broke Cam off. Cam is in the news. Uh, Adrian Peterson is moving from running back to cornerback because he's backpedaling like a cornerback right now. But he's back in camp. A lot of stuff in the news. And (laughs) I got to give a shout-out to this guy, man, Uh, David Blatter, man. The guy who said, (laughs) I'm the president of everybody, turns out he's not the president of nobody. He's in some hot water. Uh, The FIFA president has resigned. So a lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, I'm not the Lone Ranger. I will not be in here talking about these sports topics alone. Uh, Got to bring in the crew, man. First, let's start with our beat maker of the crew, my man Beezy. Beezy, what up, though? What up, though? What's good, Kyle? Chilling, man. What's going on? Chilling, chilling, man. I'm still waiting for some NBA Finals to come on, man. I know, I'm just, right? I'm, up here just, I'm just gaming right now, you know, but I wish I could watch the sports. Man, I said the same thing, man. I, I, I was... Flipping through the channels, it, it, it kind of feels weird not to have a game on. I think this has been the longest layoff um, in between series uh, in, in NBA history, at least as far as I can remember. Um, yeah. Next up to Batman, the point guard of the crew, my man FIFO. FIFO, what up? Yo, yo, what's good, Kyle? Chilling, man. What's what going up, on with people? you? Man, out here enjoying the beautiful weather on the patio. It is. Can't beat that. We got real nice weather today, man. I, I love these days like when it's like this, when it's when it ain't too hot, where you can just kick it outside for a good little while. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. And next up, man, normally we bring in the captain, man, but the captain is not going to be in the building tonight. The captain is out celebrating his anniversary. Do you know you should have cute? Hey, you should have cued in. <laughs> hey, hey, Kyle, you should have cued in. Tony, 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 on that. Tony, hey, Tony man, you know what I'm saying? You should have cued it in. <laughs> I thought I had it on here, but I got I got it in, on the other show, man. I I don't even have it on here. So okay. I had to sing it, man. Big anniversary shout out to Ken and his lovely wife, man. Celebrating two years of marital bliss. Uh, so filling in for Ken, man. Anytime we need to fill in, man, we go to the bullpen. You know him. You love him. The sixth man, our boy Q. Q, what up? Yeah, good. What up, Q? Ain't nothing right now, man. Just looking forward to the final summer league draft, stuff like that. No doubt, no doubt. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356, man. Let's start right there, man. LeBron versus Curry, uh, the NBA Finals. Much anticipated NBA Finals will kick off and will tip off a little bit after 9 p.m. Uh, on Thursday. So we got a couple more days. Uh, as you all know, the Cleveland Cavaliers wrapped up the Eastern Conference Finals by sweeping my Atlanta Hawks uh, four games to none. And the uh, Golden State Warriors, man, ran roughshod over the Houston Rockets 4-1, uh, to one, and both are appearing in the finals. So obviously it's – uh, you know, a lot of hoopla, a lot of hype and everything, uh, in spite of the layoff about, you know, LeBron. And we'll be talking a lot about LeBron. This is LeBron versus, I mean, two stars going at it, LeBron versus Curry. Um, so let's start right there, man. Uh, B, I'll start with you, man. What are your 
What are your thoughts about the NBA Finals matchup? Uh, you know, very, very intriguing. Like I said, I think I talked to you guys yesterday. Shout out. Make sure y'all subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dan and Sports. Um, we shot a, a NBA Finals preview um, yesterday, so hopefully that should be going up in the, within the next 24 hours or so. But, um, yeah, just like I was telling, um, you know, the fellas, you know, it's, it's amazing how, you know, Steph Curry made his statement at the beginning of the season that he's the best offensive player in the world, and people was like, Psh. Uh, whatever, you know, yeah, it's LeBron, it's LeBron's world, it's Le- he's the best player on the planet. And it's just ironic how they, both of these guys are, are coming face-to-face for the for it all, for the championship, you know what I'm saying? You know, LeBron, it, will he go 2-4 and four in the finals? Will he rise to the occasion and, and, and take and step his players up? Is You know, J.R. Smith, Amon Shepard, you know, uh, Oshkosh, whatever you say is the center's name, you know, the rest of these guys, can he, can he elevate... Yeah, can he elevate the rest of these guys to play at his level, you know, play close to his level and get the championship? You know, is he is he going to be Magic-ish when Magic, how Magic was in his rookie season when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar went out? You know, he don't got Kyrie Irving 100%, and you know Kevin Love is out, so can can, can we see a Magic Johnson-ish type of performance from LeBron James in this final? So, yeah, man, it's, it's you know, the long two-week layoff, I'm really looking forward to <laughs> To this, uh, you know, NBA Finals, man. I'm ready. I'm, I'm just hoping for a good series, some hard, good, hard playing basketball, and I hope the refs just don't like mess everything up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just hope they, I hope we don't be like, oh my god, you call. I hope the refs don't take away from the game. You know, and we don't be like, man, did you see that? The refs did this. This is bad. Da, da, da. So, you know, that's all I'm really hoping for. Just some good basketball, and you know, let let the players play. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO, man? What, what's your thought? What's your take on the finals matchup? Man, I, you know, the longer that these finals take, the more I'm, I'm feeling what LeBron and the Cavs have been able to accomplish. And, you know, I was kind of on the fence, and I would still like to see the first game. But um, I'm rolling with the Cavs, man. Um, you know, I, I typically take best players. And I think in this case, I think LeBron's going to be too much, um, honestly. And I, I don't know how Golden State is going to respond. This is their first time there. I understand that they're a great team. They're playing with confidence that's through the roof. Uh, great home record, regular season and the playoffs. I understand all that. But, yo, when you come for the king, you best not miss. And I don't know, man. I, 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 I think there's just something different about LeBron this offseason. I mean, this whole season, man. And I'm I'm, I'm going to roll with the king five times straight. And I don't think he's going to try to lose this one. I think he's going. I, I think he's going balls to the wall, man. I think he, he he's going to load every bullet. Like he, he's going to go out. And, and I think even if they lose, we're going to see an amazing performance by LeBron James. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Q, man? Um, your your thoughts on the finals matchup: Curry versus LeBron. Uh, I think we're going to see a mixture of 2007 and last year's finals. I think LeBron's going to show up. <laughs> I don't think his teammates are. Uh, I think this game, I think it's going to be over within five or six. I think LeBron can get get you one. Um, I think I think a lot of people are caught up in, in the moment, man. I think that, and I mean this is as effective as possible, and I think y'all might agree with the part of this. Last year, when the Heat went to the finals, they had faced a Pacers team, much like the Hawks, where everyone was like, oh, man, this is their number one seed. They look really good, but they 
they don't know how to respond to superstars. They don't know how to respond to LeBron James because he's because he's that great. But when they got to the finals, they faced a team that played team basketball, a team that moves the belt, moves the ball better than anybody, a team that has done everywhere on the floor, a team that has an amazing bench, and a team that has two bona fide superstars. Much like the, much like the Spurs on their victory in Kawhi Leonard, I think that the Warriors will be too much for the Cavaliers. Others, I think the Cavaliers of Others will shrink in the moment. I don't see James Jones, J.R. Smith, Iman Shepard doing much. I think LeBron James is going to put on a, a performance in game one like AI. But after that, I think I think it's four games straight for the Warriors, man. I don't know. I just don't I, I just don't see it. I think I still stand by the fact that I think LeBron James has had his least inefficient playoffs because he's had his highest usage rate because he has to mask that his team is not that great without Kyrie and Kevin Love. So I'm going with the Warriors in five or six. No doubt, no doubt. I think um, I, I think everybody made some great points. I think uh, one of the things I'm, I'm interested in in seeing, I think, is if, if for as much as we talked about, as, as B mentioned on the video that you guys will see, talked a lot about LeBron. I think, you know, one of the biggest keys to this finals is going to be the health of Kyrie Irving. Um uh, for as great and as phenomenal as I think LeBron played against the Hawks uh, without Kyrie Irving, um, this ain't the Hawks. <laughs> and even the Hawks team that they played was a shell of themselves as far as what the what the Hawks team that we saw during the regular season. I mean, you they, and that's and that's not to take anything away from what Cleveland did because at this level, if you can sweep anybody, I think that's great. Um, that being said, I think uh, I, I'm really interested to see how much Kyrie Irving can go and, and how long he can go for. Uh, and we mentioned this, I think, a couple of weeks back when we were talking about the uh, Western Conference final, uh, excuse me, Western Conference playoffs when we were talking about the injury to Chris Paul. I think when you're in a when you're in the playoffs and you miss games. That only magnifies the injury, and I, I'm I'm still not. Sh- and I've listened to, you know, what they've what the media reports have said, and what the Cavs haven't said about Kyrie Irving's health. Um, I just don't know how healthy he is. And anybody who's ever had t- tendonitis in their knees uh, and ankles, um, it, you know, it, it's once you're going, you're going. But when you stop, it, I mean, like it, it's hard to start it back up. And I think. I don't know. I think probably their best run at how much they're going to get from Kyrie Irving probably will be um, in game one. Uh, and, and I think if, if the Cavs are to win or if they have any any idea about winning this series, they've got to get game one because I think that will be the one game where uh, this layoff – I don't know that the layoff is necessarily going to help or hurt either team, but teams are generally rusty uh, within the, in that first game after there's been a layoff, both teams. Um, so some experts would favor the home team. I think when you got a scrappy uh, road team, particularly like the Cavs, who, who have played well on the road, I think uh, that's going to be key too as well. Um, but I think really, man, I, the stars are going to be stars. Uh, we we got notification today that Clay Thompson has been cleared as far as his concussion is concerned, uh, so he's good to go. Um, I think I'm just really interested to see how much Kyrie Irving can help because I think LeBron is going to be LeBron. He's going to come out and give you the numbers and do what he's supposed to do. Uh, I just, 
I just don't know that the Cavs have enough outside of LeBron to beat the Warriors. And I think if I and we mentioned it uh, last week as well, I would have loved to have seen this Cavs team against this Warriors team, you know, with a healthy Kevin Love, with a healthy Kyrie Irving. I, I think that would have been star for star. You know, I mean, I think it would have been probably an epic seven-game series, you know, coming down to the last shot. I think that's what we could have gotten. Um, uh, I, I, <laughs> I got It's just like we talked about before. I got to go with what I see. What I see, I, I see the Cavs. I, I see not the Cavs, I'm sorry. I see the Warriors, man, winning in six. I see the Warriors in six. I, I just don't. I know LeBron is going to be—he's going to have a game. And Q, you mentioned a little earlier about how inefficient he's been. He's going to have a game where he's—he—he—but he, he, he's video game LeBron. I just don't know that you know it's going to be enough to just really propel them when you're playing against such a good defensive team as as you are with the with the Warriors. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to it, man. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. This is the NBA Finals preview. We're taking you up until eleven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle, joined by my partners, Q to Six Man, Beezy and FIFO. Hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um, now the next next question I have for you guys. Um, and I'll start first with you, FIFO, because this question kind of had me thinking a little bit. Um, we started, uh, I think, did we start? We started, we started our videos, yeah. We started our YouTube channel, our first video about LeBron leaving. And, we, you know, he was coming to the Cavs. And now, of course, this is before they, you know, made this trade or what have you. But we... We started with that video. That's where our Dead End Sports video started. Um, and we also did another video about whether or not they were fragile. Um, but I'm kind of intrigued. Play with me. Play play around with this one, if you will. All things considered, injuries included. And what I mean by injuries, because, hear me out, Chris Bosh was injured, or at least, you know, he was out after the All-Star break. Could LeBron have reached the NBA Finals this season if he had stayed in Miami with Wade and Bosh. FIFA, I'm going to throw it to you first. All things considered, meaning that if Wade played the way that he played, Bosh went out with that uh, you know, injury as far as his uh, you know, lung issue, um, and it would have been LeBron and the roster that the Miami Heat currently have, do you think he would have still made the Eastern Conference Finals Excuse me. Still made the finals uh, based on the teams they were stacked up against. Okay, so obviously they wouldn't have Drogic. Um, they wouldn't have Luol Deng. Um, when you talk about Bosch going out, obviously they would have drafted Jermaine uh, Shabazz. Um, I, I don't know if they would have made the finals. Um, you know, I, I guess I can't bet against. LeBron, really, especially in the East, but um, the Bulls might have proved too much for for that team uh, because I think Riley would have had to do.
do something, man. Um, and I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna say not the finals, but maybe the Eastern Conference Finals um, against Chicago or Atlanta or something like that. And uh, but I don't know, man. I, I don't know. That's tough because that's not a good team. Well, it wouldn't have been a good team if LeBron would have stayed. So. But you know what? Wait, 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 hold on. I, I, I forgot about Hassan Whiteside. Wait, hold up. I forgot yeah, about Hassan. Uh, keep in mind, they, we're, we're talking. They still have Wade. They have Whiteside, Haslam. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. now they did have the injury to the guy. I can't remember the white guy. Tall white guy that uh, came over from the Bobcats. Oh, yeah, the lefty. Um, um, oh, man. damn it. I can't I remember his name. About. But he got hurt. But I don't, and I, mm-hmm. at the time LeBron left, I don't think they had Ding, so we won't factor Ding into that. I'm just saying with the core of the roster that they had yeah. coming back. I forgot about Hassan Whiteside. Yes, no, no, they they would have been formidable. Uh, they would have won the East. Okay, okay. I forgot what about, about Hassan Whiteside. Um, all things considered, man, how do you think that this, this thing would have played out had LeBron stayed in Miami? Q? Q. Nope. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, all things considered, how do you think this thing would have played out? Um... Yeah, man, they would have made it to the finals. Um... I mean, once again, this is... It's, it's crazy, because... Who in the world is going to pr- predict that Chris Bosh has blood clots? And who's who's going to predict that Kelly Olenek goes MMA and d- dislocates, you know, Kevin Love's shoulder? Um... The only thing that's, you know people could predict would be Wade's knees are messing up and Kyrie gets injuries out for a couple of weeks. Um, the only thing that I've always been against with his decision to leave Miami was I felt as though that he relinquished the stronghold over the East because they had enough chemistry there to know how to turn the switch on and off. Uh, now he's going to have to rebuild that in Cleveland. I think they're building that, obviously. But I always felt as though that you know, with Indiana not being a threat, Charlotte being an absolute mess, Brooklyn being an absolute mess, the only team that could have maybe did something to them would be Chicago or the Hawks or the Washington. And I still think that D-Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James are enough to get over those three teams in six or seven games if it had to be that. And in the West, with KD out, you know, the Clippers choking the way they did. If this is right. the war that they had, if, they, if this is the war that they had to face, I think LeBron, Chris Bosh, and KD are, I'm sorry, and uh, Wade are enough to to beat the Warriors in seven with the bench that they had in Whiteside. Um, you know, but it's LeBron made this decision, and uh, now he's got to lay in it in the finals. So he's not really mad. Doubt, no doubt. What, what about you, B? Uh, all things considered, man, uh, injuries included, could LeBron have reached the finals this season if he had stayed in Miami with Wade and Bosch? Yeah, I think he would have. Um, you know, it's, yeah. I, I mean, if LeBron, if you got to think, too, these guys already had, you know, he already had a chemistry with this squad anyway. So, you know, you, you add, what's that What's that dude name you just said? White side? White, white side, yeah. Uh, yeah. White yeah, side. you know, you add yeah, you, I'm pretty sure LeBron would have had him elevate his game to another level, you know, playing alongside with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chalmers, like I said, Chalmers, and then he had had um, Chalmers, and of course, um, what's the little point guard that, uh, that they drafted? Tobias. 
Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm pretty sure LeBron would have elevated these guys. Has them. They already got chemistry with. So yeah, I think they would have they would have squeaked into the. I mean, we said that in the beginning of the season. Remember, it was like, oh, if he just stayed in Miami, they still would have been the favorite in the Eastern Conference if he just stayed there. So yeah, and I still I still stand by that opinion. I think if he just stayed there, they still had a chance to make a run to a championship again. Yeah, I, I think it. Yeah, I, I agree with you, B. I think had he stayed. Um, I think he would have, and, and I don't fault him for leaving because I understand the the emotional attachment or whatever he had with coming back home or what have you, um, you know. But we, and it and that just goes to show you how funny things and how quickly things can change. When LeBron came back home, you know, one of the things we talked about here on this show was we said, and he he admitted himself. He said, "Hey, it's going to be a long. I'm going to do everything I can." It, it, it I don't want to say he conceded. Uh, not making the finals, but he just he basically said like, look, it's gonna be hard. Uh, expectations are high, and this was when they had Wiggins. So, um, you know, it, so I don't think that he thought that he could get here. Now, once they make the trade for Shumpert and um, Mozgov and J.R. Smith, I mean that changed the whole dynamic of the uh, of their roster. Uh, it turned their roster upside down, and it it made them it gave them shooters in different places where they didn't have shooters. Gave them a level of toughness too. Um, and then we saw the emergence of a guy like Tristan Thompson in the playoffs here, uh, and and so even in, in the in the in the aftermath of Kevin Love getting hurt. That being said, if he had stayed in Miami against this East, I think he might have. I, I think they probably could have. Uh, with a healthy Wade and a healthy LeBron, I think they probably could have gotten back to the to the to, to the to the finals. I think I don't think that they would have. They probably would have gone seven against Chicago. They probably gone seven against the Hawks. But in a seven game series, I mean, I, I'm putting my money on LeBron. So yeah, I, I would. I, I think they would have done it. I think they would have done it. I think it, it makes for an interesting debate. Um, now. On the flip side of that, uh, I was listening to someone on on national radio talk about it today, and they were talking about um, if LeBron loses, you know, and his legacy. Q, if 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 he goes two and four, if he loses this finals, let's say as me and B predict, let's say he loses in six games, loses six games, and he averages what he's been averaging, damn near triple double, twenty eight. 12 and 9 putting up regular LeBron numbers um but he goes out does that do you think that hurts his legacy or it doesn't have any effect on his legacy it depends on how you frame it man like it really does um if you're framing this and if this was a, this is the last finals of his career and he goes out you know he never makes it to the finals again which I think is very improbable um right. Then, I mean, you don't I mean, think he'll make end, another finals after this year? No, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying, if he was to never make another finals okay, again, okay. and this was his last finals, which is very improbable, um, then, yeah, it would affect him. And, man, that was the last time LeBron ever got a chance to do anything. He, he didn't get the job done. But if if, if this is going to be – honestly, I think this is – y'all can quote me on this. I think this is going to be his L.A. Lakers 2008 series where they just get their ass bust, and then LeBron comes back the next year, he turns up. I think that that the Warriors are going to be their proverbial Celtics, and they're going to like get off, and they're going to dominate them, 
and they're gonna be like, man, what do we gotta do? And Kyrie and all those guys in the summer are gonna do what Miami did also in 2011, 2012 off season, get ready to go for the next season, and then just dominate the East. I think that LeBron's legacy is not defined by this series, but it will, it will, <laughs> you know, kind of be in the mix at the end of his career. Because if he does not win another Finals, I mean, does appearances matter if you can get the job done? Is that AI? You know what I mean? Like I, don't, I really don't know, but I still think he'll, he'll be a legend. Still be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he'll be that guy who's all, everyone will say he was never better than Kobe and never better than Jordan. So you think he, he'll? Oh, you think he'll always get thrown into that discussion? He will for as long as he lives. LeBron James will always be in the discussion of. I mean, well, he got two. He's not better than Kobe or Jordan. And I don't think that's fair. I think he needs to be in the in the conversations of, is he better than Magic? He better than Larry? Because at this point, to me, he's better than Larry. And he's gaining on Magic, but he still has to get at least two more rings for me to make him better than Magic. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, B? Uh, does it affect his legacy um, if he does not win? As long as he don't. As long as he don't pull off, which I don't think he will, and I said this to y'all, as long as he don't pull off the Dallas Mavericks and just like just disappear in the finals, like in 2011, um, right? You know, if we, if yeah, like I said, if we see him, I ain't giving it 150 percent, balling like crazy, you know what I'm saying? But still coming up short, or, you know, teammates don't step up over there, the role players don't step up. Then you know, I don't think it will. I mean, people will probably hold that against him, but. You know, let's let's be real. He didn't have this big three. You know, what I'm saying it was just him and a bunch of role players or whatever. So, and like I said, and if he's giving out there, like how we saw Chris Paul playing in Game Seven. And I mean, if he's out there just doing everything, doing everything that people said that he can do on the court, and they still lose, and then so be it. You know, but as long as he don't pull off no, you know, Dallas Mavericks type stuff, man. You know, where you just be like, dude, what is LeBron doing? Like, what are you doing, dude? Right. You ain't even stepping up. You're not being aggressive. Blah blah blah. Which I don't think he will, but I'm just saying, if he does that, I think it will kind of mess up the legacy, in my opinion, if he, <laughs> if he pull off that type of move. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? I think, um, you know, Q's right. Like, you know, for as long as LeBron James lives, he's going to be compared to the greats because he is a great. How great is he is what we're still gauging, you know, because his right. career is far from over. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, any anything that happens swings him big time. You know what I'm saying? Let's just be honest. Um, because you're talking of the about the elite of the elite. We're, we're not talking, you know, like, oh, you know, like, like he hit. We're talking about the cream of the crop. We're talking about Magic. We're talking about Jordan. We're talking about Bird. We're talking about Kobe. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about the elite of the elite. And LeBron is already amongst them. And the things that he does and the things that he accomplished and the things that he doesn't accomplish will affect him, and it affects his legacy. And I think that, you know, obviously LeBron is cemented. We know he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. We know he's top ten when it's all said and done. Even if he doesn't win another one, he's top ten based on the numbers. He's going to be a top ten player all time. So, like, you can't, you can't argue that. But if he continues to go to have finals appearances, continue to win finals MVPs, continue to win regular season MVPs, and win some more championships, especially in Cleveland, 
the, the, yo, the argument is tough. And then here's the thing. Even if you're not the greatest basketball player to ever play, you can make an argument that nobody is better than MJ, that nobody's better than LeBron either. You know what I'm saying? Then he separates right. himself. So the, 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 these are big swings right now that he's doing with his career. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, and y'all see in, 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 the, in the video, like this is LeBron's opportunity to put an exclamation point on his career. I went to college, learned how to win these things, came back home without a big three, took this whole squad, and we won it because I'm that dude. And NBA beware because now there's just a whole other level to my game, and that's scary. You know what I'm saying? Because we've seen it with MJ. You know what I'm saying? We've we, we seen it with all the greats. When they first come in, yeah, they have individual success and some moderate team success, but it, but it takes those lumps, those nicks, that experience for you to truly be able to dominate the league. And all of these people that we're talking about dominated the league. That's what LeBron's doing, man. Five straight trips to the finals, man. Come on now. If that's not dominant, I don't know what the hell is. And every team that – both times when he left the team, they didn't make the playoffs the next year. We were pretty much the same roster. And that's that Miami right. improved and still couldn't make it. So, come on, man. Look, look, look. LeBron's great already. But, you know, he he's he, he taking uh, Babe Ruth swings with his career right now. And we'll see what's going to happen. We'll see if he hit a couple home runs. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I think, man, I, I think LeBron is such a lightning rod. Um, I think one of the things that I, and, and I've always said this, one of the things I, I appreciate about him is the fact that LeBron is one of the few, and he may be the only athlete that I've seen in my lifetime that from start to finish, he's been as good, as, I mean, like, as good as advertised, highly heralded, and, I mean, he came into the league, you know, just he, he came into the league with all of his hoopla. Nobody knew what he could do, and I think I remember his first game, he was like, he had like 28, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 20 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds, something, something crazy. That was like his first stat line in his first professional game, right? So, from that point forward, he's always been, I think, as he's just been the real deal. He's been as good as advertised. And and that that most athletes and, and people that we watch, I mean, we're looking at a guy in Steph Curry who, you know, couldn't get scholarship offers when he was coming out of high school. Of course, now he was a buck 60. But, you know, he was a guy who made himself into a side. Most athletes that we watch on a day-to-day basis are like that. But this guy was hailed as the chosen one on the cover of Sports Illustrated, came into the league, and, and be it right or wrong, he has been as good as advertised. Uh, I think, just to touch on Q's point a little bit, I think what has been kind of frustrating is we live in the now society where everybody's judged and determined by rings. Um, and we, we were talking off air last night, and I think somebody mentioned, you know, how many times Kobe, and I didn't realize Kobe had been to seven finals. Because you don't think about that. You think about how many he's won. You know, I, the only reason why you think about Jordan is because you know that Jordan's been to six finals and he's never lost. He's never gone to he's never gone to Game Seven in the finals. Um, so I think it's just a part of where we are these days. I, and I don't I don't really I don't necessarily like it, but that's just where we are, where you're defined by the rings. Um, and um, let me see. My man, Born Center, said something on Twitter that I thought was kind of interesting. He said, he said, LeBron has done all that he can do and more, and some can argue this feels like it's Steph's year. He said, it's no shame in losing. 
He said it all depends on how he he loses if he does lose. Um, and and that goes back to B's point where as long I think if you if you see LeBron go out and play his heart out, and he gets you know he they lose in five or they lose in six or seven, and he just doesn't have enough help. You know you can kind of chalk it up and say okay well hey, and and we've seen this kind of pattern over the years in the NBA where teams have to kind of take a step back before they can take a step forward. Because, like I said, if you had a healthy Kyrie Irving and a healthy Kevin Love, this could be, you know, one of the greatest finals of all time because of the star power. Um, And I'm still hoping that that's what we're going to get because we have this caliber of player who can elevate, you know, his his team, who who we've seen elevate his teammates um, to such higher levels. So um, I, I like the fact that LeBron is taking it on himself. He, he, he takes nothing for granted. I mean, we as fans or people that watch basketball may say, okay, well, you know, it's okay if they lose. And I've even heard some national col- columnists talk about the fact that he's won just by coming back to Cleveland and he's won by getting them this far. LeBron ain't thinking about that. He's thinking about what is it going to take for him to get over the hump um, and to get this to get this done, um, so I, I'm looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to Game One, as I mentioned earlier. Nine p.m. will tip off shortly after nine p.m. Thursday night, so everybody will be in front of a TV, and of course, we will have it covered for you right here on Dead End Sports. The phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. This is the place where sports opinions collide. This is Dead End Sports, uh, joined by Beezy, FIFO, and my man Q the Six Man, and I am 12 Kyle, a.k.a. the president of everybody. Uh, hit us up, 646-478-0356. Um, before we move on, man, I, we got to go back. <laughs> we got to go back to the Western Conference Finals, man. Um, the beard. James Harden, man. Q, what are your thoughts on James Harden's playoff performance? Man, like I said um, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the uh, NCAA uh, finals tournament, I'm sorry. Um, James Harden, man, when it comes to the playoffs, for right now these fools go... Uh, he's one of the most offensively gifted players in the NBA right now, obviously. But in the playoffs, when the game slows down, because it's a little grind fest, and they hold the whistle, James Harden cannot adapt because he's fool's gold in the playoffs. He tries to do that little, oh, I'm going to try and get 10 free throws to get going. That's not going to work, bro. Like, that's not going to work. He got... Exposed. He got exposed that his game is not built for the playoffs right now. You know, I thought he was on the AIS run, but then I remember, you know, AI actually could finish through contact. And when he, even when he didn't finish through the contact, he would get right back up and go 10 times hard on the next play. James Harden, I'm not, you know, he's on the bench, you know, putting his head down and looking all dejected when he's getting blown out in the game. And I'm just like, what are you doing, man? Like, Dwight. Like, I don't even know what that team was doing. But James Harden, on his performance, it was it was pitiful, man. Like, it was it was very – it was it was pathetic to see. 
And I really hope that he gets together because he has the potential to do something great in this league. But it was just absolutely horrid to see him try to go to the lane and try to get blocked. Like, it was just bad, man. It was just bad. He had he had that one game where he looked really good on uh, game, right. what was it, game, uh, game four? He looked really, really, really good in that game. Yeah, he looked pretty good. But then the next game comes and you, it's just like the Warriors took a night off, apparently. <laughs> in the next game, he looked absolutely awful. We, I think he had 13 turnovers, uh, NBA playoff record. He was pathetic. Yeah, he was. He he, he truly, truly was. Um, <laughs> what about you, FIFO, man? Thoughts on James Harden's performance in the playoffs? Man, um, you know, it, it, it was a little disheartening. Um, you know, kind of like Blake, when, when you kind of need them, especially down the stretch, they just, they, they just don't have that experience or know-how or... I don't, I don't, you know, sometimes I don't know what it is, but at least Blake was more consistent, you know, from game to game. James Harden had some duds in between some great games. So, you know, that inconsistency is something that, that, that he needs to shore up. Um, but I also feel that James Harden has a lot of responsibility on that squad, and that's not making no excuse for him. Look, I, I, I think he's a superstar, and you got to play up to that to that expectation night in, night out. But at the same time, I do think he needs some more help. Uh, first of all, they don't really have another person that can generate their own shot on that squad. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about even when they're healthy, Patrick Beverly's a defensive point guard, spot-up, three-point shooter. Trevor Reed is more of a spot-up guy, so is Corey Brewer, uh, you know, full-court, three-point guy. Uh, but he doesn't create his own shot effectively. And, and neither does Dwight. You know, it's not like you can just go to Dwight 20 times a game, too. So, you know, they, they, they need more. And I, I that's why I liked when they really went after Chris Bosh because I think that that would have definitely helped them out. But, um, you know, they, they just need more. And um, until they get that other piece that can give them more and take some burden off of James Harden, they're, 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 they're going to struggle. You know, because I, I definitely think James can carry them throughout the regular season, again, he's young enough to do it. He has the legs, hasn't, you know, knock on wood, hasn't had any major injuries. But um, they need something else, man. They, they, they need something else. Keller Parsons was, he's a borderline all-star guy, but he's really, I think at his best, he's a role player. And that's the same thing Trevor Ariza is. They just, you know, just reloaded at that position because they really right. have a, a drop-off, but they don't have that other all-star player that they need. To take like like in a perimeter guy, a one or a three that can what take about some Ty of that ball handling off. I like hey, Ty Lawson there. there. Yeah, I think I, I, I really like Ty Lawson there. And yeah, I heard they're trying a, to get rid of him. Yeah, he is, they man. are. And, and realistically, if they can do something where they can get a Wilson Chandler as well, then I like it even more. You know, right, um, because too, that'll yeah. fill out their roster. You know what I'm saying? And 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 now. Less of that burden of handling a rock and creating for others. Now James can primarily, when he needs to, he can focus in on just scoring and let Ty Lawson or another point guard like that score or and or create. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have that. He has to be their point guard. And that's yeah. tough, man. That's tough. He's a playmaker, but he's not a point guard, just like LeBron. Can they do it? Can you get by? Yes, but you're not going to have extreme success doing that. At least you not know, for James Harden at this point in his career. You know, I, I heard something interesting on the radio before I let uh, somebody else go. Um, 
uh, I don't want to know if you agree with this, FIFO. Um, I think uh, dude on I think Grandland Radio was like James Harden at this point in his career is Kobe without Derek Fisher. He's just he's just jacking up shots, but he needs someone who can get him in position to bring out the greatness in him. And Derek Fisher was not a kind kind of point guard who's gonna go for thirty every night. But he's going to make sure Kobe's in position to get his 40-45 in the playoffs if he needs it. So I really think that Ty Lawson is the answer this uh, offseason. And uh, I think uh, think that Kevin McHale and uh, Maury need to go get him ASAP. I, I agree with the Ty Lawson move and also, you know, agree with everything with Derek Fisher. But I think that the, the, the also the other thing that really – um, put Kobe on a whole other level was Phil Jackson in the structure because sometimes when you're great and things come easier because like because you know you can't be stopped you need something else to motivate you and push you like like when you when you watch the, you watch that Kobe interview with Amar Rashad Kobe said yeah. that you know he he texted text winner and then all of a sudden when he became his coach. It was a whole nother level, you know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah, the game slows down naturally just by experience, but those good tendencies of studying film and, and really right. finding other things to push you is what's going to ascend you into that, you know, to that superstardom where now you definitely cannot be stopped. And yeah, it, it does require a team around you, but I don't know if Kevin McHale just structurally can provide that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I and I like yeah. Kevin McHale, but I think he's like a Monty Williams, where he's a stopgap coach. He's a stopgap coach, yeah. where he gets you to a certain point, and then you got to get that championship coach to put that structure and everything around, and then you go forward. You know what I'm saying? And, and you find Jeff I think Van that that's, yeah. So I, so I think that after they get the players, which I think they Daryl Morey and, and Sam Hinkie, they, look, they're gonna make moves. So if they if they make a move like that this offseason. And obviously they're going to make the playoffs again. They're going to be good. They're probably going to lose to San Antonio or Golden State. And then you got to let Kevin McHale go. And then you got to bring your your championship guy next year. That 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 has to be you know what happens. You know Dibs, but um. Now go ahead. You. No, I was saying Thibodeau, man. Who 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 even knows, man? Thibodeau could, could be the guy. I think he said that he's waiting for a better opportunity to arrive for him to, um, you know, make a decision. And I don't think he wants to go anywhere where it's going to be uh, just an intermediate type of thing. I think he's going to – him and Scott Boyd going to take a year off, they said. So if the Rockets can go out this offseason and get a Ty Lawson, maybe lose, you know, uh, maybe a second round, first round to a team, they find their coach in a Thibodeau or a Jeff Van Gundy who said he's interested in coming back to coaching – or Mark Jackson, mm-hmm. that would be beautiful because I think that Harden needs to be in an offense that does his strength, getting him good looks from the three-point line and helping him get to the line without you know having to put everyone, the whole team on his back. Dwight needs to step up. Dwight needs to get way better, even though you know Dwight, you know this is kind of a lost cause at this point. Man, Dwight is what he is. But right, I love right. the acquisition. Like he is what he is, man. Like, did, like I don't even know if y'all saw this, but Dwight was talking about how I'm a winner. The moment he lost to the uh, the Warriors, he's, he's at the podium saying, "I don't care what, what y'all think, I'm a winner." And I can look myself in, in I can look myself yeah, in the mirror and say, "I'm a winner." Are you out your mind? You need to let that mentality go and hate losing. They're gonna get better, and I project that within the next 
three years, they'll be in, in a finals appearance if they get their coach and their point guard. What about you, B man? Uh, your assessment on James Harden's playoff performance? Uh, he, <laughs> he disappeared again. He, he I, mean, I ain't gonna say disappeared, disappeared because he had, you know, like you said, he had some a couple of good games here and there, but. You would think that game, what was that, game five, when they got eliminated, dude shot, what, two for 13 with 13 turnovers? Like, Mm -hmm. if you want to, yeah, like, I mean, you know, yeah, granted, you're going to have your bumps and bruises as you're coming up in the league and stuff and getting your more playoff experience, but come on, like, that's, I mean, it looked like he didn't, like, like I said, it was opposite of Chris Paul. It was like he didn't even, like, try to come and play. That's what it seemed like. And that game five that they got eliminated. It's like, dude, this is an elimination game. Like, what are you doing? Like, right. y'all, y'all playing for y'all lives. And, and if you're going to be that superstar that you, that people claim for you to be, or that dude, you got you to gotta step up. You got to step up, man. So, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that he didn't even, like, fudge at all. Like, at all, you know, in that game five. So, you know. Uh, he could he could be better, man. He better he better learn from this because if he continue to play like this level in the playoffs, then I mean I I, I wouldn't even consider him as a superstar. Right, mm. right. And and people will label you really quickly, man. I, I think I, he was terrible, man. I'm just gonna outside of <laughs> yeah, I mean outside of game four. I mean think about it like this. Look at the kind of games where and I'm and by no means am I comparing. James Harden to LeBron James, but LeBron statistically has not shot well throughout this playoffs. I think that he may be shooting nope. his lowest percentage uh, through this far in the playoffs than he's ever had in his career. But yet here he is again in another NBA Finals. Um, James Harden, I'm gonna just throw some numbers out here at you. Um, <laughs> games one and two, he shot 56 percent. Versus Clay Thompson, and we talked about it last night, and you guys will see on the on the video. Sometimes coaching makes a, and coaching makes a huge difference, especially when when the stakes are this high and the adjustments that you make. Games three through five, Steve Kerr put Andre Iguodala and Harrison Barnes on him, and and Harden shot thirty nine percent in that final game uh, seven. I mean, it's game seven. You're at home. I'm sorry, not Game Seven. This in this closeout game, you're, you're James Harden. You're the superstar. You're supposed to carry and propel your team. And this guy, <laughs> he had more turnovers, thirteen, than he had shot attempts, eleven. How are you, James Harden? You only have eleven shot attempts, hmm. and you got more turnovers than you got shot attempts. He had more. He had more turnover. He had thirteen turnovers. In that one game, Steph Steph Curry had 14 turnovers for the whole series. So, I mean, I, those are just a couple of stats, man. I I can't say I was disappointed because I'm not. I, James Harden is who he is. I, I'm not, and I don't want to say I'm not so because he is he is a great player. But I just remember him in the finals, and he just disappeared. And I think when the stakes get the bigger the stakes get, I don't trust James Harden. I just don't. And what makes it even worse is that they've paired him with a guy who I really don't trust in Dwight Howard, the self-proclaimed champion. I don't know what I don't know what championship you talking about. He, he hadn't won a championship since he was playing AAU ball. 
that being said, um, he, like B said, man, he better get it together because he's slowly getting a late. And and, it, and what's funny, and I, I try not to pay attention to stuff during social media on social media when when these games are on. But I mean, like people were actually talking about the fact that James Harden might be quote unquote throwing the game. I mean, like he was just that bad. And I, and I, I would like to think that a professional basketball player who has everything riding on the line would not even think about being associated with something like that, but people were, and I don't know how people, I don't know how serious they were or weren't about their accusations, but he was, I mean, but he was just, God, I mean, like one time, it was a three-on-one, he had a, he had a, a reason spotting up in the corner for a three, he gets the ball at the elbow, and he throws it to the, like, the Warriors bench. I mean, it was just... You know, I think that is, though, Kyle, man. I I just really think that... I think that we need to reevaluate what the word superstar is, man. Like, James Harden is not a superstar, man. Like, he's just not. Like, like Dwayne Howard and those guys, they're not superstars. A superstar, to me, is a player who can win you a game just on his will alone. A superstar is someone who elevates the play of his teammates around him no matter how bad they are in the past or what the reputation is. Just look at J.R. Smith. Literally, LeBron James is taking the Knicks to the NBA Finals. We had to think about that. That's a superstar. A superstar is not someone who crumbles whoa, in the moment. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's be real so, here. So, wait, wait, hold on. J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith. Harden won a game in the playoffs. 45 they carried the Houston Rockets to the number two seed in the West and into the Western Conference Final, albeit uh, 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 um, almost disgraceful in the way that they went out. But you cannot discredit what James Harden was able to accomplish this year. And second in MVP voting, he is a superstar. What are you talking about? You take James He's Harden a... off of that squad, and they are a lottery team. He made all of those people better. What are you talking He's a about? Star. He's, but, He's but, a but I star. But I think the thing that he's saying is, FIFO, is that you're right. He made he made those guys better. But when they needed him the most, they needed him the most in that in that game, and, and he was nowhere to be found. He's a star, man. He's okay. not. He's, but, he's but wait, not wait, a wait, wait, hold on. Did all of the greats, did all of the greats not stumble and have bad games in playoffs and all of that before they actually put it together? I, 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 am I the only one that remembers Kobe Bryant airballing like three, four, five threes? Like, come on, man. People, right, but, are you but you got to remember, FIFA, that, that, that Kobe that airballed those three-pointers. That wasn't the Kobe that we know. That was that was young freshman Kobe. That was like Kobe seven years in the league. Harden is what, fifth year now? Come on, man! And this is this is uh, only what like the, the, the this is this is the second furthest that he's gotten. He's been in the playoffs what uh, three three times now. I just don't you think that we like, need to be throwing out the word superstar. But you know what? No, no, people, and, and I see what you're saying. I, I think I think the problem is is that we've seen this league uh, maybe not as much as the NFL, where any anything can happen any year. I mean, let's just look at the let's let's look at the at the OKC Thunder, man. I mean, they go to a finals, and we automatically think, okay, man, they got Russell Westbrook, they got uh, Kevin Durant. Of course, they lose Harden, but they got Ibaka. They got this young coach and Scotty Brooks. 
They got all of these young pieces. They're going to make a run to the finals for the next five years. And they haven't been back since. They haven't even been close. So you you just never know. I mean, and I know injuries played a part in it and everything like that, but it's just I think we we can't just assume that. And, and what if this is as close as Harden gets? If this is as close as Harden gets to the finals, I mean, he's going to be kicking himself for this this performance because he he was outside of that one game he was terrible. Not, that's not the kind of game that you would. I guess what Q is saying, and I agree with Q. You don't expect this from your super. If you're a superstar, you don't have these kind of games. Not in Look, that kind of game. There are stars and there are superstars, and I think that we're getting this confused. Vince Harden is a star. He's a star player. A superstar does not take a series off and then has one great game. A star is going to ball out the entire series, and if his team fails him like LeBron's 07 Cavs do, then okay, so be it. Like AI's 2001 Sixers, sad to say it. You know what a superstar is? A superstar is the, the number one guy on a championship team or a guy that you build around. James Harden is mm. the best player so you don't you don't you don't build around James Harden by by the next no, 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 that that. one I'm player saying, right now to build a team, he'll pick James Harden. That that's what that. a superstar is. Is the number one that. guy. What are you talking about? It's not that. I think that it's not as cookie cutter as that. I think the definition of a superstar is not just someone who you build around because you can build around a lot of guys. You can build around Chris Paul. Is Chris Paul a superstar to me? Yes. Oh, he's a star. He's a star. He's not a superstar. He's not a superstar. He's not. He's a superstar point guard. He's not a superstar I player. Katie <laughs> is a Katie is a superstar. Katie's going to ball out an entire series if his team fails him or if he, he doesn't. Does oh, get, get out! Get out of here, Q. What yeah, are we saying? Well, James Harden. James Harden has to get to the line twelve times just to get himself going. That's not a superstar to me, dog. Like, like it's not a superstar. If you if you only have one great game in a series where they need you the most, and you have people like Corey Brewer doing more work than you are, then you're not a superstar. You're a star player, but you're not no superstar. A superstar to me in the making is Anthony Davis. He'll ball out an entire series. He's just maturing. KD is a superstar. To me, Blake is going to be a superstar. He's not there yet. He's still a star. He's going to be a superstar. Well, I, I, I think two, it's safe to say that, that there's only a handful of superstars. There's only, there's only like three of them. Like, think about it. KG back in the day. Superstars. Then you guys got like a KG, Kobe. Star, exactly. A little bit more stars, and then you kind of go from there. Uh, um, yeah. Before we, before we the, jump to the phone lines, <laughs> man, uh, <laughs> speaking of Harden, speaking of KD, <laughs> We got to talk about this little B situation, man. <laughs> Beezy 430. You a hip-hop head, man. You a hip-hopper. You, you familiar with the pack. You familiar with the rapper Little B from the Bay Area. You familiar with the curse that Little B has put on you. Is this curse legit, man? And do you think James Harden is, is buying into this? You talking about the Little B curse? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I mean, uh, I mean, it's just people really just taking making it bigger than what it really seems. I mean, guys lost, man. You 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 got outplayed by the other teams, other players. I don't fall for all that curse crap. Uh, you know, the little B curse. I just think it's just 
I think it's really all just a coincidence. I, you know, people are just really taking stuff out of proportion with this little B curse stuff, man. It's not that it's not that big of a deal. I don't believe in no little B curse. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't even fall into that stuff, man. True, true. What, what about you, FIFO, man? Look, is, is the little B curse for real? Hey, man. Ever, ever since these dudes started messing with little B, their game was going sideways, so... <laughs> So I'm, 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 hey, there's a Madden curse, you know. So there might be a little there is curse, a Madden man. curse. You know, hey, hey, look, Giants fans, Odell's that dude. Hey man, don't even talk him. about it, man. Don't even talk I'm about it. I, I don't want to. I didn't too. want to see Odell. But, and you know, it was it was between the the Madden who was going to get the Madden cover was between Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, and, and Gronk from New England. I was hoping Gronk would get it, man. But Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham is going to grace the cover Madden this year, so hopefully, man, the, the, the Madden curse will skip the Giants, man. I don't want to see that happen to him. Yeah, man. But, um, <sighs> what about you? Yeah, man, man I, the I, little I B curse. It'll be blessed. I'm sorry. Go ahead, people. Finish your point. No, no, no. I was just saying, little B blessed him with, with a nice little curse. <laughs> oh, man. And, and you know what's ironic? Little B was at the game with <laughs> Harden <laughs> and those 13 turnovers, man. Oh man, what wow. what about you, Q? Man, y'all better start playing with Baker, man. I'm letting y'all know, man. It's just the way it is. Like, just look at KD, man. KD called Lil B trash. Lil B heard about it through, through the grapevine, and he said, from this day on, KD's never winning no more championships, man. Since 2012, since then, you put that curse on me and been to a final sense, man. So I don't know, Lil man. Hard and best, I playing. The best I play, man. Respect base God, man. <laughs> you know, you know what's you know what's funny, Q, is that as as this, you know, I, I and I don't really, you know, Hard was playing. He went play. He played, you know, pretty good first two games or whatever. Uh, played decent, I should say, the first two games, and uh, he put up decent, very good numbers. But like then, then after that, that's when he started. When Little B started tweeting, like right, I think it was. It was somewhere between game one and game two, and you remember game two? He had that's where he had the turnover at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, and so, and and you know, obviously, Golden State, if I'm not mistaken, is probably his team because he's from the Bay Area. Now, I'll be the first to admit, uh, I'm not a fan of Lil B. Uh, I don't follow Lil B. I, and I'll be honest, I've only heard Lil B spit on two tracks. Um, the Van song and the joint he did with Fonte and Gene uh, uh, um, Gray. And I love that joint with him and Fonte. And, I mean, I know it's going to sound crazy, but I love that joint with him and Fonte and Gene Gray. Um, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds. And I thought he, you know, from what people that told me about him, they said, oh, he's trash, he can't rap. He actually sounded pretty good on that track. Check the track he out. He can rap when he wants to. <laughs> there you go. Um, and I'm not somebody who believes in curses, but the coincidences are phenomenal here because he says these things, and then, I mean, and I'll give Harden credit. Harden didn't really, you know, he he didn't say he didn't send any tweets about it. He didn't say anything about it. But if, you, if you're listening to us and you're not familiar with them, just Google Lil B, Curse, and James Harden, and you'll get the full scoop as to what happened. But, um, I just had to throw since we were talking about Harden and KD, I, I had to throw a little B in there, man. That, that it, it's more intriguing than anything else. It's funny to me, actually. Uh, phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight 
888-346-0356. This is the place where sports opinions collide. I'm your host, 12 Kyle, and this is Dead in Sports, joined by my partners, Beasy, FIFO, and Q the Six Man, who's filling in for Ken, who is celebrating his anniversary tonight. So shout out to Ken and his lovely wife. Uh, hit us up, 646 Four seven eight zero three five six. Let's jump to the phone lines. Oh, look, we looks like we got my dad on the line. Dad, what's going on? Dad. Oh man, I hear my stepmom in the background fussing. Call me back, man. <laughs> six four six four seven eight zero three five six is the phone number to call. Um. Next up in NBA news, man, we just had some hires in uh, basketball uh, in the NBA. The the mayor, Fred Hoiberg, is going to Chicago to coach the Bulls. And Alvin Gentry uh, is on his fifth, and I didn't even notice, he's on his fifth job uh, to coach the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I'll start right there with you, FIFO, man. Um, You know these coaches, you, 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 you coached yourself. Uh, what do you think about these hires, man? Um, actually, I, 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 I like them. Um, I think that Chicago at this point in time has peaked with Thibodeau. Uh, I think he was a great coach. Unfortunately, you know, him in the front office didn't see eye to eye. So somebody had to move, be moved, and it was going to be Thibs. Um, and Fred Hoiberg comes in, and he's – going to bring more of an offensive mindset to the team. Um, I think he's going to be able to make all of these pieces work and fit a little bit more seamlessly. Um, and I think that he's going to also be able to manage these guys' personalities and, and, and actually take control of the team. Um, and I think the other little thing that I, I think is going to be a little jewel for the Bulls is um, Royce White is trying to resurrect his career, and when he balled out, he balled for Fred Hoiberg, and Royce White is saying that, you know, he, he he's ready. And um, that potential that he has, man, if you add that on top of what these Bulls have, and, you know, hopefully they might sweep the roster, they might not. Obviously, we know Jimmy's going to get paid. I like that. Um, in terms of Alvin Gentry, um I think I would have liked Dibs there just a little bit more. Uh, obviously, I think that, you know, the offense would have suffered. But let's be honest, if you give him Anthony Davis, uh, yeah, he, he's going to be defensive player of the year. Um, but I also think that that probably would have stunted the growth. So I think Alvin Gentry is the right fit uh, based on, you know, the coaches that are available. Um, like you said, he's on his fifth team, man, and, and, and I think he has like a – close to like a little bit over 500 win percentage. So he hasn't really been that guy to get you over the hump. You know, the majority of his career, he's been the guy to get you to that place to get the next guy. And um, so I think it's a little interesting. Um, obviously him getting to the finals with Golden State is, is proving invaluable. I'm pretty sure that he's learned a lot more from the coaches that he's been under because he's been a, uh, an assistant coach a long time too. Um, and now that he has Steve Kerr and bringing all of those philosophies and everything to New Orleans, I think he can really solidify them. So I, I, I think they're both good hires, um, but I'm, I'm really interested to see how they're both going to handle the offseason. But, um, but, but I, again, great hires. Um, I think that they were the best available uh, for those two teams. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? Uh, Tim, 
is out in Chicago, and they're bringing in the mayor, Fred Hoiberg, and uh, Monty Williams, man, surprisingly, is out in New Orleans, and they're bringing in Alvin Gentry. What's your take on that? Um, I, I think that's good to see New Orleans at least kind of go for a veteran, a veteran coach, someone that you know, someone that's been there, done that, has been in the coaching the game of basketball, NBA for for many years. Um, overall, he's from Iowa, right? Uh, he, he, he coached Iowa State, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, yeah. So I mean, you know, I guess they're going for new blood, something fresh. I, I'm I'm not familiar like with Iowa that much, even though it is Big Ten. But you know, it'd be interesting to see. You know, this whole new college college coaches to the NBA thing is a trend because you know since Brad Stevens been doing such a you know a pretty good job with Boston coming from Butler. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, and and it, it, you know it's tough when when you have college coaches coming to the NBA. Um, I, here's my take, and, and you guys tell me what you think about this. I I'm always on the side of if you let a guy go, you know, the person that you're bringing in are they better than the person that that you know that you let go? Um, in the case of Fred Hoiberg coming from college, coming back to, you know, he played in the NBA. Uh, he has a relationship with the general manager. And, and, I mean, that's what this is all about. It's all about relationships. He has a relationship with the general manager and the owner there in Chicago. Is he better Is he better than Tom Thibodeau? No, he's not. Tom Thibodeau won 65% of his games. But he, I think the reason why they got rid of Thibodeau didn't necessarily have to do with whether or not he could coach or whatever. Thibodeau clashed with the ownership, and I really didn't like the way that the Bulls handled. Not only, I mean, it was, I, it was a, it wasn't a secret that they were going to fire him, but for them to parade in front of the media and to do a press conference, I mean, it's almost like they had to kick him on their way out the door. They didn't have to do that. They went. Above and beyond to talk about how, you know, if you read between the lines, like how he basically just, he ran amok and he did things his way and he didn't, you know, he ran his players into the ground. Now, Thibodeau's an old school coach. He believes in that type of stuff. And, you know, but when you look at the landscape of he was there five years and he barely had a healthy Derrick Rose for, what, two of those five years? Um, and you know, some may say, "Well, his his practice style may have rubbed guys the wrong way." I get it, and I and I can understand why you want to make a change. I didn't like the way that they got rid of him and then tried to piss on his name on the way out the door. I, that I didn't like. They didn't have to do it. They could have said, "Well, hey, thanks, but no thanks." You know, he had a good run. We just want to move in a different direction. No problem. No harm. No foul. I have no problem with that. What's up? And I agree, the organization, but the organization has been distasteful for some time now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like even yeah. all the yeah. way back with no Phil and and um, Doug Collins. You know what I'm saying? Like so, so it, they've had a history of that. So that shouldn't surprise anybody. But I think I think the thing with Thibodeau is, can you say Fred Ho- Hoiberg is a better coach? No, but he's a different coach and he's going to bring a different approach. Because let's be honest, Thibodeau is a limited coach. He is a limited coach. He does not know how to coach the offensive side of the ball. Let's be honest. He is a great defensive coach. He is an old-school coach. And those tactics still work in the NBA. But sometimes 
when you don't have anything offensively, you can compete like that. But the Bulls have transition. They have guys that can put the ball through the hoop now. And Thibodeau was not maximizing that. So you have to bring somebody else in that can maximize that because that now moving forward is going to be your strength. Your defense is just going to be good enough or, 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 or great, but number one is you're going to be your offense. You know what I'm saying? That's their transition. Look at the guys that they have. That's what they need. Thibodeau doesn't provide that. Plus he had those qualms and quarrels with management. You know what I'm saying? So, so all of that combined, I understand the move, and because of what the Bulls need to move forward, I think that Fred Hoiberg right now is a better person for the job. I think he's better equipped to take the Bulls further than Thibodeau has, is what I'm saying. Is he a better coach? I think that's very subjective. But I think for this job, going, moving forward from this point on, Hoiberg is the better candidate for this job. You know, I and I and I hear what you're saying. I just don't. I don't see it, and maybe it. It maybe it's going to take time. I just don't know that. And and again, it goes back to what you just said. You got to consider the source. I mean, this organization ran Phil Jackson out of town. I mean, Phil Jackson for what three? And you correct me if I'm wrong, FIFA. For probably the last that last three peak that the second three peak that they had. If I'm not mistaken, Phil Jackson's on one-year deals, you know. So they were eager to get him out of there. I don't, and I don't know why, but they were eager to get him out of there. And they, yeah. you know, they got rid of Phil. They broke up the Bulls. They got rid of Mike. Well, they didn't get rid of Mike. Getting rid of Phil, they knew that Mike, Mike and Scotty weren't going to stick around. And they bring in Tim Floyd, and Tim Floyd stunk. And I, and I don't even know who coached after Tim Floyd. But my point is, is that this is their. If if you push. Phil Jackson out of the door, then, you know, anybody else can get pushed out the door. So I understand them getting rid of Thibodeau. I just don't like – I don't like how they did it, and I just don't know. And maybe Hoiberg will be a better fit for the players and the type of style that he wants to run. But, you know what, though? I mean, Hoiberg you know, just had heart he, surgery like a couple of months ago, and he's going to take a I job think, in um, Chicago. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, nah, you good. I was just saying, um, you know, as, as for both of these signings, man, uh, the way that the Bulls handled, um, you know, him leaving was utterly embarrassing. I felt as though that they should have given him way more props for what he's done. But with all considered, I think it's important that we frame this in the right light. Uh, Thibodeau, he's like, a, for those who are more football-oriented, He's a defensive coordinator who doesn't know anything about offense, just like FIFO said. Like Rex um, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, he's he's basically Rex Ryan. He can get you those wins, right? He'll 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 get you to the dance, but he's not gonna win it. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's gonna be one of those things where the superstars are always going to beat him because you can't put the ball in the hoop. Like you just can't. But they have players who can't, just like people said. They have Kyle Gasol and all those guys. But I think one of the reasons why they didn't like him was, one, he wanted to do things his way. And, two, I think that the front office was noticing that his practices and the way that his methods were running things were starting to wear down on the players. Uh, you know, you, you saw Jimmy Butler had the highest usage rating throughout the entire season. He was playing 40 minutes a night. And Derrick Rose was playing 40 minutes a night before he before he got hurt, and look what look, look what happened to him. 
Joe Kim Noah, same thing. Last year, highest minute of any player. Got got injured this season and looked like a shell of himself. Al Gasol down the stretch, he was he was he was fine all season. Then the playoffs came, started getting hurt. You know, I'm I'm not saying that that's their fault, but there's a correlation between the complaints and these injuries. It's not just you know out of thin air. So for for Hoiberg, I think that sometimes you don't need to find someone better. You need to find someone different. Just like people say, these are all great points, by the way. You know, it's like this is why I think the Giants also need to do with uh, what, what's his name, uh, the coach over there, Tom Coughlin. Yeah, Coughlin. They don't need you know someone better. Well, maybe they do, but they need someone that a different voice. It comes a time in an organization's you know lifespan where they have to find a new voice who can lead them to what they're trying to get. And that's why I also think Alvin Gentry is a great signing too. Uh, because he's led, you know, in my opinion, the best team that never went won a ring in the 2000s, uh, the uh, 2000 Suns, best team in the 2000s that never won a ring. They had a couple of 50-plus win seasons under Steve Nash, Amari Sotomayor, Sean Marion, great players. And I think that he understands how to coach the stars. So I think that when all is said and done, both of these teams will find upgrades in their offenses because uh, Alvin Gentry just a quick little tidbit he went to the um, the Pelicans offices and when they called him in for an interview and he gave them a PowerPoint presentation in so many ways how Anthony Davis was not was leaving like 20 points on the court every night and they were like wow we could, we could actually implement this and he was telling them that Anthony Davis could average 30 points a game under his offense and they said shit alright go ahead so they gave him the contract. They gave Horber the contract because they showed that he can use uh, the three-point shot much better than Thibs did. He can execute pick-and-roll much better than Thibs did. And I think when we see these new offenses come 2015-2016 uh, season, we'll be seeing crisper offenses with the foundations that were already laid for defense and culture. So good signings. I'm, I'm going to give Gentry signing a B-plus. Horber, I'm going to give that a B. And I like those signings. Okay, okay. What about you, B? Uh, Hoiberg and uh, Alvin Gentry, man. Two new hires in the NBA. What's your take on those new hires? I already did. I already gave my take. Oh, I'm sorry. Damn, I'm losing track here. Uh, 646-478-0356. Again, 646 646- Four seven eight zero three five six. Uh Shout out to my man Audie in the chat room. Uh, he had a question about... Uh, the the butler there was there was uh some talk about a possible rift between Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose. Uh how do you FIFA how do you think that plays out? I mean, we know Jimmy Butler is a I think he's a restrictive free agent, so whatever if he chooses to sign for whatever outside of the ball club, they have the uh first rights to uh re sign him. Um do you think that Hoy, that's something that Hoiberg should try to manage uh, from day one, or do you think it's just much made of nothing? I think the thing is, is um, you know, I, you see glimpses of, um, you know, players' personality through their play, and also, like, when, when sometimes you get them, you know, kind of off the court and stuff like that, and you can tell – Part of the reason why Jimmy balled this year is because of his confidence. 
You know what I'm saying? He added to his game, but he's just more confident in it. And any basketball player can tell you, and I know, I know I'm the first, when you start to play with confidence and in, in the belief in your ability versus anybody that guards you, your game goes to a whole nother level. And I think that with that belief and kind of the transitional point where Derrick Rose is, where at times he is the best player at times, he's like the third or fourth best player on the team, Jimmy's like, give me the rock. And because there's no system in place where you got two guys that can eat, sometimes there's going to be a slight risk. You know what I'm saying? Because I know just with me, sometimes I have some, some – when I play now, I have rifts sometimes, just at least internally with some of my guys. You know what I'm saying? But I think that that's kind of healthy because you you, you got to kind of play through that, you know, and at the same time you got to want to push your teammates, and I think he does that. But, yeah, I think there's going to be some type of rift, especially when you don't have a system in place where you know, okay, I'm going to eat too. You know, it was kind of like when you watch that, what was it? I think that that, that – um, game six in Chicago where D. Rose only took two shots in the second half. Why? Because Jimmy's like, yo, I need the rock. I, I, like, I, I, I'm, the, I'm the guy now. No, there should, be a, there should be something in place where we know that we can rely on the system. You know what I'm saying? They, they just don't have that. And I think that that's what Fred Hoiberg is going to bring. And I think that once you massage that out, they'll be fine. And at the end of the day, he's going to get paid. And, and, and they're going to rely on you. And, and as long as the coach can figure out how to best use you, then, then that's, a, that's a match made in heaven. I'm getting paid, and I'm doing what I got to do to, to be great and to win games. And, and I think, you know, Chicago, as long as Jimmy Butler continues to, to mature and get better, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can, we can arguably say that this guy might be the best two guard. We, like, like, he could be in the conversation for that next year. He could really be there. You know what I'm saying? So... We'll see, you know, um, what, what what Fred Hoiberg brings to the table. But I believe in him. I, I think he's the right man for the job. What about you, B? Uh, how, how do you think that the Hoiberg will have to manage whatever this possible riff is between Butler and uh, and and D Rose? Oh, you talking about like the beef between them two? Yeah, if there's like beef, them. I mean, there's there's some type of perceived beef based on, you know, their struggles uh, in that last series versus the Cavs? I mean, I just, yeah, my thing is, I just think it would only be just because they were losing. If they would have won, I think we would have even heard about no beef. But um, I think, yeah, this is going to be interesting for him coming into a situation, you know, that's already, it's not like it's a team he's building. So him to manage the guys like, you know, Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose, if it is some kind of friction between them, it is going to be interesting. I just think, I don't know how he can manage it, but it's just going to be interesting how he manages this, you know, if, if it is, especially if they're coming off the gate, you know, losing, you know, maybe they first, what, uh, 15 out of their 25 games or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be interesting how it, how the team responds to the new coach if they come off the gate losing, you know, get on a losing streak or something like that. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to see how the new coach can handle that from the veteran players that's been around together. No doubt, no doubt. What about you? What about you, Q? Um, I think that everything that you know come to a head was simply because the the system, like the system that was in place. Uh, personally, I think Hoyberg needs to implement it to be a triangle, 
when he gets there. I mean, that's just a suggestion. He's not going to hear that. But, you know, I think personally with all the talent that they have, they have every piece there to run a triangle. They have Pau Gasol who can teach everyone there who doesn't know about the triangle. And um, I think that will get everyone their touches. And everyone will be scoring happily because everyone can get the ball. Uh, you know, him, Powell, Rose, uh, Dunleavy. And I think that Thibs is known for not using his players to their full potential. Uh, when MVP Derrick Rose sees him, there were so many times where I was like, man, Derrick Rose can have 10 more points if Thibs' offense was just running right. You know, Derrick Rose had to go in the hole and hang with the trees like AI does. You know what I'm saying? But he has way less. Uh, or you know what, too? Yeah, what's up? You know what else that you know what else Thibs doesn't do well? He doesn't um use his lineups well because I felt like in, in that season, especially that season, he didn't play CJ Watson and Derrick Rose together enough. Because yeah. sometimes I felt like D Rose was their best scorer, so you need to take him off of the ball. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he can focus on scoring and let CJ Watson run the offense. So especially yeah, like, when he had it going. Like, where in the world was Doug McDermott this season, man? Like, all right, I, I know he was hurt for those you know, two man, months. I forgot he was on the team. <laughs> but, dog, and remember when I told y'all that was a bad pickup for Thibs? I told y'all that was a bad draft he's not going to use him. But Miritich and McDermott and a lineup of Rose, Powell, Miritich, um, and Butler, and Noah, that would have been a great lineup because you would have McDermott in the, in the wing. You would have had Meritage who could go to the wing. You would just have Powell in the center by himself with D-Rose. And you would have just been picking and popping everywhere. But Thibs does not know how to use his lineups to his best advantage. The only other thing that I could have seen um, them hiring other than Hoiberg was go to the go to the pot of gold, man. Go to a Spurs assistant and then just watch the team stack up W's. It's, it's, it's work for the Hawks. And I think it's going to work for, for the yeah, Sixers, even though we, you know, Sixers had the 10th best defense in the league with that terrible roster. That just shows you that the Spurs coaching tree is that great. But I think Horberg will be able to, if he implements the triangle, that is, see these wins start stacking up crazy. Even if he doesn't, his offense will be good enough. That's all I would say winning a lot of games. No doubt, no doubt. The phone number to call in, 646 646- Four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Press the number one to talk to the fellas. This is the place where sports opinions collide. We are dead in sports, taking you up until eleven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Joined by my boys, man. Q, the six man, Beezy, FIFO. Hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um. You know, let's jump to the phone lines before we uh, take it ne- before we jump to the next uh, topic. Uh, let's go to area code seven zero three seven zero three. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Seven zero three. Going once, going twice, three times a lady. Let's put them back on hold. Uh, let's go to area code nine five four nine five four. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where are you calling from? It's Big Mike from, from Miami. What's going on, fellas? How's it going? Big Mike, what's up, man? What's going on, Mike? No much, man. No much. Thanks for taking my call. First off, I, I wanted to um, tell you that I actually came across you guys by accident when, um, on uh, Dead End Hip Hop when uh, you guys did the, uh, the Pimp the Butterfly review. And I just became oh, yeah, a fan of you guys ever since. So, you know. Thanks, um, man. 
Yeah, no problem. I'm, you know, I'm a big fan now. So, um, yeah, I was listening to your show today, and it's really interesting in regards to the finals as well. Because I know you guys brought up a point about um, about LeBron, whether his legacy will be. Look, I'm not a Heat fan. I'm not a Heat fan at all. I'm actually originally from New York, so. But uh, you're saying that his legacy would be tainted if he loses this final. Right. The thing, I, I think the biggest point is the, the biggest difference between this final compared to all the other finals that he's played in. When he played against the Mavericks, he played against, you know, the, the Spurs twice and the Thunder, was that this is the first time he's actually underdog in this yeah. final. You know, every single final he played against, he, they were expecting to win. And that's where he, especially in the first, in against the Mavericks, where he disappeared. Well, wasn't he? Wasn't he an underdog so, um, in the first finals? Against, against the Spurs. Uh, Spurs? Nah, I, they, they, it was the, it was their first it was their first year, but from I mean from the top three, I mean Dirk Dirk right. was playing playing really well that year, but I mean it was LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, and they were all playing really well going into that going to the finals. I mean from from like a full like one through eight standpoint from who had the better roster, probably the Mavericks, but I remember everybody was everybody was expecting the uh the Heat to win that. Right. Um, and I mean and, and and just going back to this finals, like it's it's to me it's all about matchups. And every single every single point in the matchup for between the Warriors and and the Cavs, except for LeBron, the Warriors have a huge advantage in. You know, hey, even Mike, with I tried to tell FIFO that last night, man. He don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, no, because like, 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 you know how no, no one's talking about how David Black almost ruined, um, you know, ruined the, the series for uh, in Chicago when he tried to call the timeout. Yeah, call the timeout. You know, they talk they about it. For yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's obvious that he can't that that you know he can't handle the pressure either. I mean, the games against the Hawks, I mean, they were blowing them out, so there really wasn't any any, any uh, tight situations that had to be in. But I, I don't, I, yeah, I, I think this series is, is maybe five, maybe six, but I won't be shocked if it's if it's a sweep. So now, mm. Big Mike, you say you live in Miami, right? Yeah, I live in Miami, yeah. So, so I'm assuming that, and you say you're not a Heat fan, but you know Heat fans. Uh just a, a, a quick poll, man. If you can think about all the Heat fans that you know, are they rooting for LeBron to win, or are they rooting for the Warriors and kind of bitter that LeBron left? Nah, nah, they're not rooting for LeBron at all. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think I think I met one person that 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 is still rooting for LeBron. Like, nah, the whole city, nah. They 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 appreciate the time LeBron put in in Miami, okay. but okay. Nah. No, nah, they're definitely rooting for the Warriors on this one. Wow, wow, that's interesting. That that is that is interesting. Oh man, hey, you got anything else for us tonight, man? Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, the situation with um, you guys are talking about Harden as well, um, mm-hmm. and about how they need a point guard. Um, actually, uh, the, the difference between Harden and LeBron. I mean, obviously, LeBron is better, but. They were seeing Harden and LeBron. LeBron uh, I mean, sorry, Harden's not a facilitator. You know, he doesn't make the game easier for 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 his teammates. Where LeBron, he doesn't need a point guard because ultimately he can take over the point guard range if he right. needs to. You know, where James Harden, twelve seconds left in the shot clock and no one knows what to do, he's just kind of taking the go isolation. Where you know LeBron is still you know facilitating, making things easier for his teammates. Um, you know, you put you put. 
uh, Iman Shumpert and, and J.R. Smith. And I, I, I love Iman Shumpert. I was I was kind of upset when the Knicks traded him away because he was one of the only guys that was a perimeter defender. I was happy to see J.R. Smith go, but I mean, if you put Iman Shumpert and J.R. Smith on Houston, they're not they're not thriving the way the way they are now. And they're not even close. Big Mike, so, you're, you're a Knicks you know fan, man. Yeah, I'm an Knicks fan. Yeah. Uh, keep hope alive, fan. brother. Keep hope alive. Yes, yes. Struggle. <laughs> who, who do you want with the there. fourth pick? Who do you want with the fourth pick? Um, it, it, that's, that's interesting. I'm, I'm hoping Russell drops, but Hell I don't nah. think he's going to. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I don't, he ain't he ain't dropping. Nah. But um, I think a Winslow I mean, would be I good though, man. Much, yeah, I but mean, if you get Winslow, isn't Winslow the thing I'm worried about is same as Carmelo? I'm sorry. I thought he was a small forward. Is Carmelo a small forward? Okay, yeah, that's what yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 get me and Moody. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm worried about like what this hype is going to be uh, on on Moody. I mean, because yeah. at the end of the day, you can only watch so many highlight videos of him, but um, you know, in there's no no. He didn't even play that much in China because he got hurt. So I mean, right, 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 right. I guess I guess you got to take Moody if he's available because the Knicks Knicks do need a point guard. But there's gonna be, I mean, regardless of who they take, there's gonna be growing pains, and uh, I think they need to sign a to sign a free agent too. So. Definitely, but. definitely, definitely. Hey man, hey. Well, thanks for thanks for first of all finding us, man, and, and thanks for supporting both Dead End Hip Hop and Dead End Sports, man. We definitely appreciate the love, brother. Yeah, no problem, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate taking my call, and uh, you'll be hearing from me again. Thanks. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. We appreciate it. All right, all right. Easy, Phone number: hey, Big Mike. Kyle. Call six four six four seven eight zero three five six. What's up, FIFO? You know, I, I like the point that uh, Mike made because there is a difference between being a playmaker and a facilitator. Mm-hmm. And James Harden is a playmaker, not a facilitator. LeBron is a facilitator. And right. I, I think the easiest way to describe it is LeBron makes a lot of passes. Like, he makes a lot of hockey assists. James Harden yeah. makes a lot of direct plays. He's the one throwing the alley. He's the one making the, the actual bounce pass. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't make a lot of hockey assists. And and I think that's, I think that's the difference. LeBron that's the is both, difference. though, man. Le- 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 like LeBron no, no, he is both. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, 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 no. But, but to be a facilitator, you have to do both. And that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. That's why Le- LeBron is a facilitator and James Harden is just a playmaker. That's what I'm saying. To me, that's, that's like, you know, because... like, that's complete truth because I believe that when LeBron James plays point guard, like, he rivals Chris Paul, man. I'm sorry. Like, you know, that might be crazy to say, but he rivals Chris Paul. When, when LeBron locks in and he wants to facilitate and get his assist, and be the extension of his coach on the floor, or maybe say F the coach, and I'm I'm gonna be the coach on the floor. LeBron James rivals Chris Paul, and that's know, a scary thing. Or should you say Chris Paul I rivals agree. Chris Paul rivals LeBron? I mean, man, no, it's the other way around. It's the other way around because that's Chris Paul's natural position. That that's yeah. what he's okay, supposed to do. And and LeBron can do that. LeBron can can do whatever his team needs him to do. That's why he's the Swiss Army knife. But you know what? I hundred percent agree. And coming into the NBA, a lot of people said he was supposed to be Magic. Like, what is his position? His first game, he started off at point guard. First game in the NBA, he he was the point guard. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so can he do that? Yeah, he can do that. And that's why I always said when you look at he made Mo Williams an all-star because Mo Williams was the best two-guard point guard in the NBA. That's what LeBron did to him. And that's why he can fit with Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? Because Kyrie cannot score. LeBron can facilitate. And if Kyrie just makes plays, you see what I'm saying? If you are the direct playmaker and you can score, LeBron will facilitate and score. You know what I'm saying? So, so and get a K-Love involved. That's why they are a, such an isolation-heavy team, but they're still tops in the NBA in a sense because the ball moves. But it starts with one guy. You know, yep. it's a fact. It, it, they it, got to the finals. Get it in the end. That, that is so true. Uh, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. This is the NBA Finals Preview. I'm your host, 12, Kyle. Joined by my partners, man, BZ, Ken, and, well, excuse me, not Ken, BZ, FIFO, <laughs> and filling in for Ken, our boy Q to Six, man. Uh, we won't have another show, obviously, until next week. But um, after game one, man, make sure that you, if you're on Twitter, uh, hit up FIFO on Twitter. You can follow him, FIFO at, F- at FIFO247. Uh, you can follow B at BZ430. Uh, you can follow Q at Q Got No Rings. Just like that. All, all, all together. Q Got No Rings. Got No Rings. You can follow I yeah, <laughs> K-B-I-N-G-E, and you can follow me at 12Kyle. Trust me, we will be tweeting. We're, we're going to try to figure out a way how we all can get together and watch a game or two. Um, and we may uh, – and stay tuned because we may have to adjust one of our shows because I think uh, one of the games is going to fall on a Tuesday night, so we'll probably bump the show up. So just stay tuned for that as well. Again, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Let's jump back to the phone lines. Let's see if 703. 703, are you there? Yeah, hello. Okay, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, my name is Ish calling from Virginia. Ish, what's up, man? Hey. Hey, man, just want to say I'm a big fan of this show, Endetta and Hip Hop. Love uh, the content you guys bring and discussions you have. Um, I basically had a Appreciate question. Appreciate no problem, man. I just had a question on what are y'all thoughts on the whole uh, Dwayne Wade and Miami Heat situation going on where uh, where basically the Miami Heat doesn't want to pay Dwayne Wade and Dwayne Wade is basically saying, you know, uh, you know, I gave you my loyalty, took a bunch of pay cuts and, you know, apparently there's a report that came in today and it basically said that the Heat initially offered Wayne below $10 million a year. Which is, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of like a spin in his face, you know. And then there was another report about um, how Miami Heat want Wayne to uh, opt into his player option so they can go after Kevin Durant. So I just want to know y'all thoughts on um, on Dwayne hey, Wade and that whole situation. Great question. Let me get this one first, man. Let me get ahead, this one first. I, I, I was talking right to Ken earlier about this uh, the and whole week. And it's a shame that Ken's not on here since he's Dwayne Wade's I agent. know this is... God, man, Dwayne Wade's best friend, and I don't show the night to answer this. It's crazy anyway. But I'm the extension of, of, of Ken's tonight, so I'm going to let y'all know what it is. Uh, I'm going I'm to answer this the same way Ken will answer it. This is utterly disrespectful, man. They are doing Dwayne Wade dirty. They're doing Dwayne Wade like he ain't got no rings. He's been trying. No, man, this is terrible. First and foremost, asking him 
a man who will get your team to a ring against a better roster in 06 by himself with Gary Payton old ass on the team are you serious come on now Dwayne Wade being on the team he is the greatest heat player of all time so you have to treat him like he is and for them to not reciprocate those feelings of you know what he's done for that, for that franchise it is very disrespectful but what, the way I feel about it on a completely neutral standpoint, not, like not being a fan, taking my, you know, uh, partial Heat fan hat off here, um, I see what Pat Riley's doing because he has every right to, to do it. You know, it's business. You know, people said the same thing about Kobe's deal, but you got to give Kobe what he wants because he's a Laker lifer. But then now everyone who said that now is saying, you, you got to get Kobe some pieces. Well, guess what? You, you can't get Kobe pieces because the Lakers felt inclined to give him the thanks for being a Laker for your entire career deal. So what they're trying to do with Dwayne Wade, like you just said, is they're trying to go after Kevin Durant. And right now, just their starting five right now, if they were completely healthy, I think that he will be in the Eastern Conference Finals. But Pat Riley being a top five GM in the league is trying to make it so that he has flexibility in 2016 to get in a room with KD. It's not even about just getting him. It's about being able to sit down and say, this is what we can offer you, a chance to reap the benefits of a weak East, go up against LeBron and finally show that you didn't, you know, back down against him in the finals. And I think that either way, if Dwayne Wade leaves or he stays, it's going to be good for his career. Because if he leaves, he might go to a team that, you know, has better pieces and he, he, he can be the third option on that team and you know maybe he'll take less and do it as a F you to Riley go to the Clippers take like six million a year and then they'll go to the finals who knows he'll, he'll stay they can get KD who knows I just know that it was very disrespectful for them to even offer less than 10 what they should have done last summer was give Chris Bosh 95 million dollars or 90 million dollars not 118 million that was a ridiculous deal and Whiteside does not need to be asking for all that money. Whiteside has had one good year. For all we know, he could be Jeremy Lin. So, nah, dog. Sign Drogic. I hope Wade gets his money enough to where they can keep him happy and they can go for KD. I would ask Bosch to restructure, even though he's not. And I would tell Whiteside to prove it again. Make sure this is not just a fluke season. And we'll see where we can go for it in 2016. But I'm all for keeping Dwayne Wade in Miami because he should be a Miami Heat for life. For sure. And you're, and you're 100% right, Q. Um, that is disrespectful. I'm going to jump right into it because I, I feel stronger too. Um, D. Wade is the best Miami Heat player ever. But here's the thing. If he opts in, how much money does he make? Anybody know? I think he's making, um, like, I think he's making like seven, six. Yeah. If he opts in? Something like that. Yeah, he obviously is making like okay. 6.5. Here's the thing. And Q, I think you make a great point. I think it is fair to Pat Riley to ask the way to do that. So that way, if, if we're able to sign KD, and then I get you your money after we get KD, then it's a win-win. But you have to allow me to have that option. You know what I'm saying? So, so... I told you I was going to build a dynasty, and he has done that going on a third time. Well, not a dynasty, but he at least Pat Riley put championship teams around D-Wade. He did it with Shaq. He did it with LeBron, and now he's trying to do it with KD. 
You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I think it's fair. His track record proves give Pat Riley the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's what Pat Riley is, try, is trying to rest on. And at the end of the day, D-Wade's going to get a trophy. I mean, he's going to get a statue in front of that uh, American Airlines arena. Let's be honest. True. What about you, B? Um, Easy, 430. What's the question again? Can you hear me? <laughs> this guy, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> oh. I was saying, what's, what's the question the is about the, the the contract squabble or the potential contract squabble with uh, D Wade in Miami. Oh yeah, um, spit in the face. Um, I, you know, it's kind of almost like a double edged sword though. It's like how much money is too much and how much is too little to where you stay as a spit in the face because like like the Kobe Lakers situation. If they gave him too much bread, then you're gonna be like, okay, Miami, what are you doing? You're going backwards or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But people were looking at it like, well, you know, it's just Lakers giving Kobe the thank you for being Kobe for the Lakers, for your franchise and all that stuff. So he gave you a lot of money. At the same time, it's kind of hurting the franchise. So I guess with Miami doing that, I mean, do you do you pay them a boatload of money? Like, like I'm saying, like, I think the question, this is spinning the face that they offer them, like, what, $8 million, $9 million a year? But, um, right. you know, it's like how much is too much? How, I mean, should they offer them 12 mil, you know, or is that too much? Or is it like 10 mil is good? Or like, you know, it's just like what's the what's that, that fine line? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, if you give them a lot of money, like I said, it's going to be Lakers all over again. We, then we're going to be like, oh, that's stupid. Lakers are stupid. What's wrong with Lakers? So, you know, it's just a fine line between that. But, yeah, I do think <laughs> what they offer is a little too much as far as him being very loyalty to that team his whole career. He, he stayed there through thick and thin. So, right. you know, and, and less than something. $10 million is, I mean, it's it's hard for us thousandaires to say, you know, it's a spit in the face. But, I mean, that, that is, but I, I'm kind of in the middle on this one, fellas, and I hate waffling, mm-hmm. but I'm a waffle anyway. Um, I, I understand D Wade's point, and I understand Pat Riley's point, and, FIFO, you made a good point in saying that, you know, Riley's probably telling him, okay, well, hey, if you do this, we could we could make a – if you take a little bit less, then we can make a run at KD, blah, 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 blah. Let's not forget what just happened this past summer. D-Wade opted out and took less so that they could make a run at LeBron. And, you know, it blew up in his face. So – D-Wade wants to get paid. I mean, he's like, nah, Playboy, I'm not going for that. You're not going to just – I mean, and, and, of course, now, that was LeBron. That was that, – that didn't have anything to do with D-Wade, but that was – so D-Wade has already given the home town discount so, you know, so they can, you know, find other guys. So I get it. And also, you don't want to pay D-Wade a boatload of money because, quite honestly, I mean, how much better is he going to get? He's on the down – he's on the back end of yeah. – of a brilliant career. I don't know that you necessarily reward. And I, you can kind of compare it to Kobe, but I don't really compare it to Kobe because I think Kobe is still a 25-point-a-night guy, I think, when healthy. You know, and I don't I don't see D-Wade as such. Um, and I could be wrong, but I just I don't see D-Wade as I, such. I, I, I think now, he's a 20-point-a-night guy. You, you know, who, D-Wade? I think D. Wade can get you twenty on healthy knees. Um, we saw what he was doing. Like they're getting a month of rules, if you will. I, don't, I have no clue. Uh, I think people might know this more than I would. I think it was February or March. Dude was averaging like twenty over that that, that month. He's having a pretty good, you know. And and you got and you, 
we we got to also yeah. keep in mind, Q, is that uh, D Wade has missed a lot of games. So, I he mean, did. he has not played a full season in a minute. So, with that being said, I, you, you can't go break the bank for him. You can show your appreciation yeah. at the same time. You know, it's a, it's a very sticky situation. I don't think that D. I think it's all conjecture at this point. I don't think D. Wade wants to play anywhere else. I don't think that he should play anywhere else. I think it's good for the game. It's good for the league when you get a guy, one star, who's been in one particular place their whole career. Um, you know, but I, you gotta pay him. I think they have to meet each other halfway. What halfway? Where halfway is? I don't know. But. Um, yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, FIFO, but if I'm D-Wade, I'm not going for that, hey, take a discount so we can make a run at KD because he just did that with LeBron, and that backfired. And it wasn't his the fault. LeBron's situation was different, though. You know, but, like but LeBron was thinking. Is, they, they all had sure. to, and I'm pretty sure there was probably some back end, you know, a wink and a yeah. nod, hey, you know, you do this, we got you, we'll take care of you, you'll be a heat for life, we'll put a statue out. I mean, I don't care about no statue. The bird going to come uh, and shit on a statue, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Uh, I think the thing that I would like to see is I would like to see the respect, and I think that's what D Wade is looking for. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's man, his bio on Instagram and everything, man. Yeah, it's that's that's a very good question, man. I I hope it doesn't get ugly because I want to see him stay in Miami, and, and I don't think that he I don't think that he has. And to be honest, in the East, you know, give a, a, a player or two here there, he could be in the Eastern Conference Finals himself. So, you know, he, he's not at the end of the rope, but, uh, man, that's, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. I, I also summer. think Pat Riley's kind of like in a – like if Dwayne Wade somehow leaves Miami, right, um, I think, you know, that's going to turn the fan base against uh, the Heath organization – because if they end up paying Hassan whatever he wants, that ridiculous uh, contract that he wants, and he turns out to be Jeremy Lin 2.0, um, then, you know, I think it's going to, like, I think the, the, the fans will turn on the franchise, and that's going to be that's gonna be terrible from a business perspective on Pat Riley and that organization. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and, and you got to keep in mind, too, he's a, he's a, Dwayne Wade's a fan favorite. I mean, people love him. Like I said, they want him. He wants to be Heat for life, and I think he should be Heat for life. Um, you know, and they—he's—he's he's as, as beloved as Alonzo Mourning, if if not more, um, by the faithful. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's gonna make for an interesting summer. I, I will it's say that. It's not looking good right now, man. It's not looking good <laughs> at all right now. It, no, it really isn't. Like he could really leave. Like, that's, that's what I heard. Dan Levitar, whatever his name is. Yeah, I heard uh, Dan he Levitar talk about that too. If the decision was to happen tonight, he said last night. He said if the, if he had to make a decision, Dwayne Wade at this very moment would leave because wow. he feels that disrespected because he started taking the heat out of his Twitter bio, out of his Instagram bio. So he's ready to be a free agent if they don't make this deal before July, man. And people are saying that he might just throw up the middle finger to Riley, go to the Clippers, go Can to you Houston. Can Dwayne Wade playing for somebody other than the Bruh. Hill, Maybe Chicago, but nah, dude. Like, like, I just no. Yeah, I just can't. Just, like, I just can't. It's like seeing Kobe in the Pistons jersey back in 07 <laughs> when they're talking about that. It's like what? It's like what the hell was that about? Just hey, no, don't talk bro. about B's Pistons, man. They one play away. But if he goes I mean, to the Clippers, away. I, I can't front. 
I'd like that if he goes to the Clippers, though. That's a nice fit. Hey, he yeah. could he could possibly come to the Cavs. That's what they were saying too. Oh my God. I yeah, I don't I don't know if that works. I don't know yeah, if that would be Kyrie, LeBron, though, and D-Wade. You know what? D-Wade would go there and be like a six-man and be comfortable. I mean, like... Uh, J.R. would yeah. take six-man position. J.R. would be... I mean, he'd be a seven. Man. I mean, like, if, if he could, nah, if he could go to the place and play with LeBron again, he would love that. Yeah. Man. Hey, you got anything else for tonight, Ish? That'd be crazy. Nah, man. Just uh, thanks for having me on, man. Oh, man. Thanks for calling in, man. We definitely appreciate the love, brother. No problem, man. Have a good night. You too. Peace. Peace. Phone number is called 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. Got about eight minutes left. Got time to get your call in. Um, we'll jump to – let's jump to the – we can save that other question for the for the next show. Um, let's jump to the NFL real quick, man. Cam Newton, as I mentioned at the top of the show, got paid, man. $100 million plus contract. I think more than 60 of it is guaranteed the first three years. Uh, yeah, Q, man, did the Panthers overspend for Cam Newton? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to get yelled at. I'm going to just say this. Cam Newton has not had many weapons. They went out in this draft. They get they got him um, the Michigan guy Devin Funches to pair with Kelvin Benjamin. Now they got some twins on the outside. I like that. Uh, the defense has always been stable over these last three years. I still think Ron Rivera is an intermediate coach at best. They need to get someone better. But when it comes to overspending, I feel like they gave him a couple mil more than they should have. Like a hundred mil, maybe fifty guarantee was good. I think the 60 was just, you know, but it's, it's, it's nitpicking at this point. But Cam is a special talent, man. Cam has what Michael Vick wish he had, stable body to last an entire season. Um, now you just got to put an old line around him and make him live up to, to this, con- this, uh, this contract. Because at this point, if this is what Cam is going to get, all I'm going to say is this, if this is what Cam is going to get, dog, so just imagine what Andrew Luck is going to get. Andrew Luck is going to be on the Andrew Luck is going to own the team. It's not even going to be funny, man. I thought they had 85 mil guaranteed, maybe 100. Yeah. yeah Andrew Luck's contract might be guaranteed. Oh, my God. He might be the first guaranteed player. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say the same thing, Q. I said, if Cam getting that bread, man, I can't imagine how much Andrew Luck is going to get. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's I mean, Russell's going to break the bank. haven't got paid yet. And it's two big quarterback names that haven't gotten paid yet. Uh, that and would Russell be Andrew Wilson? Luck oh, yeah. and Russell Cam Wilson Newton. Too? I mean, excuse me. Andrew Luck and oh. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Oh, He's going to break well. the bank. Yeah, man. Ooh, they break the bank on him. What about you, B? Uh, did, the, did the Panthers overspend uh, for, for Cam? Yeah, I think that I, when I saw it, I was like, okay. I mean, well, he had a, he had with a playoff win, and well, that was about it, right? Then he had like about two horrible his season, or whatever. So I'm kind of like, okay, why he's getting that bread for? I guess they want to kind of, I guess they want to hang on to him, you know, and, and try to hopefully he get better. But I was like, I think that's a little bit too much, you know, for paying for someone like that that hasn't really, yeah, really been making that kind of bread, making putting up those kind of stats like that. Andrew Luck, I will understand, but like, like I just said, I agree with you. If if Cam getting that type of bread, man, Russell Wilson 
And then Russell Wilson probably about to be the highest paid QB in the league, possibly, you know, coming off of a close yeah. Super Bowl win and then the year before getting a Super Bowl win. But, you know, McCam is special, though. I mean, I can see why, but I think that is a little bit too much, you know, coin. But at the, at the same time, who else are they going to find for that much money? Like, right. Ain't like they going to be like, oh, you don't want to find? Oh, okay, we're going to get uh whatever, whatever. <laughs> like, uh, right, no name or somebody hell, no. money. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. So I mean, I, I get it. I, I guess they want to lock and load them for, you know, for what, five year extension? It was a five year extension, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know yeah. it makes sense. I mean, I mean, I get it, but you know, I, I think the dollar amount was a little too high, but I get it. Yeah, five year extension, know, 103, 103 mil, uh, like I said, more than 60 of it guaranteed over the first three years. Um, I think it's. You know, really, in the NFL, man, that's that's probably about where the going market is, man. Hundred million dollars for your quote-unquote franchise quarterback. Now, you know, if Ryan Tannehill is going to get a hundred million dollar contract, then I'm really raising my eyebrows because I don't think he's that good. Uh, and we saw what Ken's boy Andy Dalton got. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this damn Andy Dalton, man. Um, so yeah, I. I I think it's just it's it's the going market at this point. I mean, Cam is like B said. I mean, who what who else are you going to get? I mean, you going to sign Jimmy Clausen again? I mean, so I don't know. Um, I think it's it's a quarterback driven league, and you know, I, I think the only thing is Cam is really going to have to have they, they got to get him some weapons. As much as I love uh, Kelvin Benjamin, uh, Florida former Florida State Seminole, um, he doesn't have, Cam doesn't have enough weapons. I mean, you got to go get yourself. You got to get a T.Y. Hilton. You got to have those kind of weapons. You got to get yourself a a running back. And and they had a running back by committee, but they ended up cutting um, D'Angelo Williams. Um, Old ass running backs. And those guys, those guys kind of stayed hurt. And you know, the NFC South was a toss up last year. I mean, anybody, me and you could have won, Q. Um, You know, but. When you get outside the NFC South, and, l- and let's just assume that the South is going to be the same, you know, pretty mediocre, where you could probably go 8-8 eight and eight and win a division, you still got to go to Seattle. You still got to go to, can you go get a win in Dallas? Can you go get a win on the road in Philadelphia? Those, those you know, the Grand Green Bay uh, in December. Uh, can can you, can Cam do that on his, on his own? Probably not. So I think that's where... You know the contract is kind of kind of going to be, um, you know, the downside, if you will. I'm an old line, man. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, I mean that's that's where it is up front, and it's gonna be interesting. I mean, even we didn't even talk about it. Uh, speaking of old line, uh, Ryan Clady, the left tackle, the guy who was paid uh, to be uh, Peyton Manning's blindside, tears his ACL the other day. He's mm-hmm. out for the season. Um, so you know it, it's. And there are going to be injuries. We already know that already. There's going to be injuries. Um, you forgot about the Giants. What's that? You forgot about the, the Giants' uh, offensive guard, uh, Beatty. Yeah. He, he yep. He's, he's hurt, hurt too. Man. So, it, man, it, it's, it's going to be cra- it's going to be interesting. Football season is right around the corner. Uh, we get notification that we got about 90 seconds. Um, before I forget, for those of you who are hockey fans, hey. Check out the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, man. Kick off tomorrow night. Uh, I don't even know what channel it comes on, but but it's on TV. Damn. No <laughs> I'll love. be watching. I'll be watching. Man, I'll, shout I'll out Jock, man. Go Blackhawks, man. Shout out Jock, man. Yeah, yeah go Blackhawks, man. Shout out to that boy Jock, man. 
Um, man, big shout out to Ken, man. Big shout out to Ken, his wife, celebrating their anniversary. Uh, shout out to Q for coming through, co-hosting. As always, shout out to homies Beezy and FIFO for coming through. Uh, make sure that you be on the lookout for our new video. It should be dropping sometime within the next 48 hours. Uh, we did a NBA Finals preview, uh, and that was hosted by us right here on Dead End Sports. Uh, so that's going to do it for this week. Uh, for Beezy, for FIFO, for Q to Six Man, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll holler at you guys next week. Peace! Peace. Yeah, thanks, God, man.